In this episode, we get isometric with Landstalker on the Sega Genesis. We talk about authentic controllers, my favorite way to experience Sega games, and I have just one question. Did Sega actually have good RPGs? We'll find out in this episode of Backlog Companion. What's up, companion? I'm your host, Tom Tate, and I'm on a mission to trim and prioritize my ever-growing backlog. And I can't do this without your help. So I've hand-selected 30 games from my backlog. Each day, we will take a look at one single game and evaluate if it's worth playing or ditching. At the end of the month, I'm going to pick 10 games to play over the next few months, 10 games to set aside for another day, and 10 games to purge completely from my backlog. I'm never going to play them. And I need you to write in and let me know why you think I should or shouldn't play any one of these games that I'm going to talk about. Today, we take a look at game number three. This is Landstalker for the Sega Genesis. So this has been on my wish list for such a long time. I was a Nintendo kid my entire life. I owned a Sega Genesis for a brief period of time. It was much later in the console's life cycle. And I didn't get a ton of games. I I didn't play through a ton of games on the Sega Genesis catalog. I only rented a few. I owned a couple. I had Sonic Spinball. I had an NBA Jam title, one one of the later ones. I had Disney's Gargoyles and the, uh, the player's guide for that, which is so funny because it's just a platformer. I had Sonic and Knuckles, uh, which was that adapter cartridge where you could put Sonic 3 and a couple other games into uh, the game. I I think I'd rank games at the local Blockbuster a ton, but I didn't really get into RPGs. I wasn't into RPGs so much back in this this era. Uh, I didn't really get into turn-based RPGs until... You know, Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation, and then I would go back and play through some of the earlier Final Fantasy games, Chrono Trigger. But I didn't play RPGs on Super Nintendo until later, and I didn't play RPGs on the Sega Genesis. Uh, but I now legally have a copy of Landstalker by way of the Sega Genesis Mini. So I'm really interested in checking this out. Uh, but I did see that you can get this game on Steam for 99 cents. So even if I didn't have it on the Genesis Mini, if I wanted to play this game legally, I could do it for under a dollar, which is crazy. Uh, so it's very likely that this game is on a lot of people's backlog you know, list is probably on a lot of people's like, oh, I just bought this on a whim and I haven't even opened it up or played it yet. So I'm excited to talk about this game. I'm excited to potentially play this game at the end of this 30 day experiment. So what is Landstalker? It is an isometric action RPG. It was published by Sega in 1993 in the United States uh, because there were only three face buttons on the Sega Genesis controller. You use different combinations of the button presses to do certain actions. You play as a treasure hunter. And I really don't know what else to say about this game because I haven't really dug too deep into it. I just know that like Beyond Oasis, which is another RPG on Sega Genesis, I just know that this game is considered to be one of the must-play RPGs on the console. And I'm really, really eager to find out why. So what I would love for you to do is if you're a fan of Landstalker, if you've played through this, definitely reach out to me. Uh, You can reach out to me on Twitter at TNRT. 
if you want to advocate for this game, if you want to advocate against this game, you can reach out to me or you can email me directly, tom at videogamepodcasts.com. So I did a little bit of research on Landstalker, but I didn't dig too deeply. It's really just there because I know for a fact that a lot of people recommend this particular game. All right, let's talk about the Sega Genesis Mini, which was just released. So this uh, was released on September 19th, I believe, 2019. It is a miniature console, very much in the vein of the other miniature consoles that you probably have seen and potentially played. The NES Classic, the Super Nintendo Classic, and the Sony PlayStation miniature console. Uh, That thing is an abomination, but the Nintendo ones turned out pretty well. So it is a replica of the 16-bit Sega Genesis. It looks and feels fantastic, very authentic. It includes 40 games, which is double the, the amount of games that you get with the Sony console. And it's ready to be plug and play. I mean, it is, comes with an HDMI cable, it comes with a power adapter, and it comes with two wired USB control pads. And it looks super authentic, right? So the control pads are the three button control pads, you know, so you have your ABC face buttons and the, the start button. And uh, again, they're USB and the interface is really slick. Uh, so the emulation for this was produced by M2 and M2 has a fantastic legacy for really putting a ton of care into the games that they put together. So they do a lot. They've done a lot of Sega collections in the past uh, and, and Sega, Uh, emulated versions of previous games. uh, And they've worked on a couple of fantastic uh, emulated versions of other consoles as well, other uh, franchises. And they just do a really good job. They really try to nail the feel of it. And similar to Digital Eclipse, you can tell they really just care about creating an experience uh, that lives up to the history and, and the legacy of the originals. But sometimes, you know, they'll make some quality of life upgrades and just make sure that everything is running smooth and, you know, even tweak things like with Fantasy Star on the Nintendo Switch. They even tweaked a couple things uh, so that it, it runs almost like a new game. Uh, so there are a couple different features that they added for that, which, again, quality of life improvements, which I'm all about, too. Uh, With this, though, I don't believe there are any quality of life improvements with the games. I think that you're getting the original versions uh, as they were played back in the day. Uh, But the game selection is really fantastic. You have Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines. You have all the Sega standards, I'll call them. You know, so you have Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, Altered Beast, Shinobi, uh, Comic Zone, Toe Jam and Earl, Alex Kidd, Vector Man. These are all games that I think about when I think about Sega Genesis. Uh, they really do mark kind of the the standout titles of that particular console in that era. You have Golden Axe. Uh, you have Beyond Oasis, which I talked about earlier. And you have Fantasy, Fantasy Star 4, a couple of different RPGs. And of course you have Landstalker, which we talked about. And that's how I came to acquire Landstalker amongst all these other games that are now in my backlog, Earthworm Jim, Streets of Rage 2. Just such a huge collection. I, I'm a big fan of the game selection here. So if you remember the Sega Genesis fondly, or if you haven't had a chance to experience that back catalog like I haven't because I didn't own a Genesis until much later on, and I didn't spend a lot of time building up a, a collection of carts, This is a great way to, again, just legally obtain it 
and experience these games as they were meant to be experienced on an HD television, plug and play, ready to go. So I can't recommend this miniature console enough. I believe it's going for $80. Uh, It probably will drop at some point, but can't guarantee that. So if you want to check that out, I'll put a couple links in the show notes just to the official Sega site um, so that you can you can check that out. Uh, but I also want to talk about controllers. Um, so I really appreciate some controllers that were recently released by RetroBits. And I picked up one of these. It is the six button layout. So later in the Genesis uh, lifecycle, they went from a three button controller to a six button controller. Really great for fighting games, Mortal Kombat, um, Street Fighter. Uh, I remember using this with a couple different sports games too. So you end up with these six face buttons and it's it's a really nice controller. And Retrobit actually partnered with Sega. So this is an officially licensed Sega controller and it feels like one. I mean, I did have the six button controllers back in the day. And when I pulled this out of the box, it really did feel like that controller. And this particular controller that I purchased, it was under $15 and it is the original uh, Sega Genesis port, right? So it's compatible with the original Sega Genesis and Mega Drive consoles. You can also get, I believe, the six button controllers for USB. Uh, I'm not 100% positive. They might just be selling the three button USB controllers, but I'm pretty sure that Retrobit did put out Sega Genesis controllers that are six buttons and USB compatible so that you can definitely play, uh, essentially play with a six button controller on the Sega Genesis Classic, but also play with it on your PC, you know, so you can plug that in, maybe even switch too. I'm not sure. Through the magic of podcasting, I just paused and went to retrobit.com just to confirm. They do have a six button layout controller which has LR shoulder buttons added to the controller. So this is an officially Sega licensed product. It's compatible with PC, Mac, Steam, and the Sega Genesis Mini. So there's a lot of really, really nice things that you can do with that controller if you're interested in playing uh, some of these games on Steam, which I mentioned, Landstalker is only 99 cents. uh, Or if you want to play some games uh, emulated on your PC or Mac. So while I do have the ability to play an emulated version of Landstalker on the Sega Genesis Classic, I'm actually going to be playing this if I decide to play it on my Sega setup, which I am going to do a quick humble brag because I'm super proud of the setup that I've kind of come to acquire over the past year for playing Sega games. So I have the Mega SG, which is an analog console uh, produced by the company Analog. It's not an actual analog console. Uh, And it is FPGA. So FPGA is, I'm not going to get into kind of the specifics of it because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this don't entirely care about that. You can research it if you're interested. Uh, But you're really just, you're kind of reproducing the console hardware. You're not creating an emulator right? So it is, it's very different than emulation. Uh, but it is not so different from emulation in the sense that it's an opportunity for you to play old games. The only difference is it's playing those old games from the actual cartridge. 
it's not playing from ROM files or em- emulated files, right? So uh, they do their very best to create an authentic console experience uh, that you can play your original carts on. And sitting inside my Mega SG right now is a flash cart. So I have the Mega EverDrive, which is, you know, one of the kind of top flash carts for Sega Genesis. And what a flash cart is, is it allows you to take ROM files, uh, put them on an SD card. And once that SD card is inside the actual cart, which is shaped and, and operates just like a normal Sega Genesis cartridge, you put that into your console. You can put it into an original Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, or you can put it into the Mega SG. Uh, and it will play, um, basically it will play those ROMs on the cartridge on the original hardware, or in my case, the FPGA hardware. So I'm able to play uh, a really authentic looking and feeling experience directly from you know some of these kind of consumer products that have been put out over the past couple of years. It's really fascinating to me. Uh, and again, it just feels good. Uh, I'm using, uh, I have an original Genesis controller, but I also have that RetroBit controller, which plugs right in. There's all these different audio and vid- video options. I do do a little bit of streaming on Twitch. So it's really helpful to get that 1080p HD signal out of the Mega SG into my capture device and everything looks fantastic. You can add scan lines if you want. Uh, There's all these different features. There are a lot of great YouTube channels that kind of dig into all the different features and explain it a lot better than I could. So I'm not going to get into that. But if you're really interested in investing a little bit and getting a good setup for the Sega Genesis, I'll list everything out in the notes just because I'm really, again, just proud of what I have. And it is so nice. It plays like butter. And then one last note, I do have a wireless controller for that. And that was put out by 8BitDo. So 8BitDo has put out tons of fantastic controllers for all the different consoles. They do do kind of specialize in wireless controllers. Uh, One of my favorite controllers of all time, it looks like a Super Nintendo controller, but it has uh, two analog sticks. Um, that is the SN30 Pro. I use that with my Nintendo Switch almost exclusively. Uh, you can plug a USB cable into it and play wired as well. Uh, but it's a really, really nice piece of piece of uh, kit here. So if you're interested in controllers, check out 8BitDo. So again, I'm an FPGA convert. I have the uh, Mega SG. I also have the Super NT, which is their Super Nintendo version of an FPGA console. They have a handheld coming out really soon, which looks amazing. So you'll be able to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and a bunch of other handheld consoles by way of a special adapter. We'll talk about that a little bit later throughout the month, I think. And we will save our flashcard discussion for another day as well. Maybe later in the month when we cover Advance Wars, I will talk about flashcards because uh, I've been playing a lot of, well, let's save it for the Advance Wars episode because I'm not going to get into it right now. So I'm going to leave you with a quick question. Did Sega have good RPGs? I don't know. I mean, I didn't really play a ton of them. Uh, you know, it really feels like Super Nintendo and then, you know, later on Sony really dominated the RPG sector of the console wars era, right? Like, you know, you had these 16 bit classics, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy six coming out on the Super Nintendo. And then all these amazing games on the Sony PlayStation, Wild Arms, Alundra, 
uh, Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, just so many great games. Uh, Xenogears, you know, so many awesome games um, that came out on those two consoles. Did Sega have good RPGs? You tell me. I found a good YouTube video on this particular topic that I will link to in the show notes as well if you want to check that out. Uh, but I'm going to wrap up this episode. I'm really curious to see if Landstalker makes the cuts. I'm going to have to think pretty deeply on this one. And I'm going to invite you to really help me, you know, inform me, help me make this decision. You can subscribe to Backlog Companion on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow along to find out if Landstalker will make the cut. If you want to advocate for a specific game, you can check out the full list and email me at tom at videogamepodcasts.com and let me know. I'll read those notes on an upcoming show. You can follow me on Twitter at YoPowerTime. That's Y-O PowerTime. And in the absence of a Patreon account to support the show, leaving a review is super helpful. Keep it honest too. I mean, this is new for me, a daily show. It's been interesting trying to crank out new contents every single day. I don't care how many stars your review is. Just be sure to leave honest and actionable feedback. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm gonna wrap things up. Thank you so much for traveling alongside me, companions, and I will catch you on the next one.